Okay, so we're up to Shabbos. We're, uh, we're on Daf Yer Today's Daf is Shabbos Daf Yotes, so we're a few lines behind. Now, this Daf is a packed Daf. If you go through, if you want to learn Be'i, you can spend a few weeks on this Daf. It goes through many halachas of Amir Nachri. You have some muksa involved. You have the halachas of Schitas Paris. So we'll try to do what we can, and we'll try to get through the Daf. So we are on Yer Chesamabez, about 10 lines from the bottom, Tanara Banan, Beishamai Amrim. So the first word of the line is Beishamai. This is the last part of our Mishnah. Beishamai said that you cannot sell things to a Nachri, you can't load up his truck, his donkey, and uh, unless he's able to reach some type of city prior to Shabbos. And Beishil said it's Mutter. So let's see the Gemara, Beishamai Amrim, Lagim Adam Chetzai, Nachri. So Tanara Banan, that there's a different brisa, but in a similar concept, you shouldn't sell an object to a nachri. You shouldn't lend him something. Now, she'ela means an object. Don't uh, lend him something that he does. He doesn't really have to pay you back with that item. It's more of a loan. He'll pay you back with cash. So, you're you're leasing some you're leasing something to him, or you're he'll, he'll borrow product A and he'll give you back cash. That's a hava. You shouldn't give him a present. All these things you cannot do on Arab Shabbos. Only if the Nachri is able to go to reach his house prior to Shabbos. So meaning, even if you own a store, or you have, you have your home, and you're not allowed to, well, the store might be different, but you're not allowed to sell something from your home to a Nachri unless he's able to go home before Shabbos. What's the reason? So the reason would be is that it looks like you asked him to do a malacha for you on Shabbos and you gave him something to go work for you. You gave him uh, a product and he's going to go do malacha for you on Shabbos. So if everyone sees he got home, he reached home prior to Shabbos, so there will be no problem. But according to Beishamah, he's concerned about this maris ayin, that people are going to think that you gave the, the guy something for that, that he should do a malacha for you on Shabbos. No, no problem. He has to be able to reach a house that's near the wall of the city. He doesn't have to go to his own house. But as long as he gets out of here, he's already on his way, and he's already near a destination, that's fine. Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva says even less of a of a need. As long as he leaves the Jew's house, then there's no problem. Once you get out of my house before Shabbos, halach is according to Rabbi Kiva. Uh, that's the shita. We're going to see that's the shita of Beisel. I don't have to worry about it. I'm Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Yehuda, Hainin Diver Rabbi Kiva, Hainin Diver Beisel. It's the same shita. Rabbi Kiva is just explaining what Hillel meant when Beisel meant when they said. That all you need to do is reach uh, reach a uh, bias of Samach Lachayma. It didn't mean literally you have to go to a house that's Samach Lachayma. All you need to do is get out of my house. So according to this, if you look in Halacha, according to Beishamai, the problem would be that there's a Maris Ayan that people are going to see the guy leaving my house with, with items. He might be doing something on Shabbos for me. And therefore you cannot do it unless he leaves, uh, he, gets, he gets home. According to Beishamai, as long as it's not, as long as the sun is still setting, is is still out there, it's still Friday. I'm allowed to give the the, the nachri a present. I'm allowed to give him uh, anything, sell him something, as long as it's before Shabbos. What about on Shabbos itself? So the Magen Avram discusses this, and he says if you live in an area where there is no eruv, so you cannot have a nachri come to your house and take things out. If he comes to your house and take th- takes things out, so that people are going to think that he's doing a malacha for you. But if you live in a place where there is Erev, so then everyone's going to assume 
he's doing Hatzer Malacha. You ask him to bring a, a bottle of soda across the street. So big deal. Nothing wrong with that. There's an Erev. There's no Amir Lenachri, and there'll be no issue. Next, turn around. We looked in a brayso. Bishamay Oimer, Bishamay say lo yimchar adam chametz lenachri. A person should not sell his chametz to a nachri. This is a inyan idiyama. Elam kein yodea boy sheyichale kardim apesach. You have to know that he's going to finish consume this chametz prior to Pesach. Bishamay is learning that the mitzvah of bir chametz. Machlokes the rabbanon the raisa what Bishamay is saying, but he's saying that the mitzvah of bir chametz getting rid of your, getting rid of your chametz means making sure it's no longer on this world. So, giving it to a nachri doesn't help. Our mechiras chametz doesn't work, according to Beishamai. You must get rid of it. As long as I'm allowed to eat it myself, since I'm, as long as I'm able to eat it, why can't I give it to the guy? I'll, I can sell it to the guy, and that's what we do. We do it in a little different way, but Beishamai says, no problem, you could sell it to a guy before Pesach. Rabbi Yudah Aymer, Rabbi says, Kutach so kutach habavli is a famous uh, dish, probably like an ancient ranch dip. So what does kutach contain? It contains uh, moldy bread and dairy, and it's salty. So it comes up very often in halacha. We had it in Masechtas Brachas, discussing what bracha to make on it. Here we have, when it comes to chametz, like we have it in Avadizara, when it talks about chalavakim. Is there an iser of chalavakim when it comes to kutach habavli? You have it in Chulun, talking about basar b'chalav, and you have it in many places in Shas, the famous kutach food. So he says, Kutach Habavli, Vachomine Kutach, Asr Limkar, Shloishim Yoim, Kaidima Pesach. You cannot sell it within 30 days of Pesach because they put bread in it, and this bread lasts at least 30 days. So he's going like Beishamai. Beishamai holds that it has to be Yechala, you have to literally get rid of it. So if you sell this ranch Kutach dip, you must stop selling it already 30 days before Pesach. Because once 30 days comes, we know it lasts a long time. Rashi brings down that a person has to already be concerned for the halachas of and therefore you cannot sell this kutach dip within 30 days of Pesach. We, we all sell our chametz, so we do not go like this. This is according to the shita of Beis Shammai. Give me one second. Okay. <clears throat> You're allowed to give mezoinus, you're allowed to give food, put, put it out in front of the dog in the chatzar, in your yard. The dog decides to take it, take it with him, he takes it to go. Don't worry about it. So there's there's two chidushim here. Chidush number one is that you don't have to be concerned that the guy, that the nachri, that the uh, kelev is going to remove the food to outside, maybe he's carrying on Shabbos, shouldn't that be a problem? So that's the first Chiddush. Another Chiddush is that I'm allowed to feed a dog, even though, it, Rashi points out, it's not my dog. There's a halacha that a person is not supposed to be feeding animals on Shabbos that are not mizaynois of a love. If he has his own animals, so of course he has to feed them on Shabbos. If you have fish, you have to feed them. But to stop to feed birds on Shabbos, halacha is you don't feed other animals. It's a tircha yisera, and we don't do it. There's a Famous Arach HaShulchan discussing the minog of Shabashira, that many have the minog, Parshas Bashal, to put out food for the birds. So he questions the minog Are you able to do that when you, you're not feeding your own birds? So many put it out on Friday instead of Shabbos. The Arach HaShulchan, I believe, is Mekel anyways. He says, You're not doing it for the birds, you're doing it for the minog. You don't really care about the animals. So it's not under the category of feeding. However, when it comes to dogs, the Meiri explains, and many of the Rishonim say that, that there's a special. Uh, we have a special sensitivity to dogs based on 
that Leichvat's uh, in in Mitzrayim, when we left Mitzrayim. So therefore, we, even a, a stray dog, we do consider him as a nice of a love, and you would feed a stray dog on Shabbos. In a similar way, Let's see if a non-Jew, he comes, he wants some food, you're allowed to put it out for him in the Chatzar. If he, if he uh, takes it himself and decides to, to take it out, to go, no problem. What's the difference? Either way, both these cases, it wasn't really your responsibility. Tell the Nachri, I don't know, go get a job. I don't have to feed you. The same way you can tell the dog, go away. So what's the Chiddush? I would have thought to say, Hi, Romele, when it comes to a dog, there's more of a reason that you're hive to feed the dog. He has nothing to eat. And we know, based on what we just said before, that Bnei Yisrael have a special sensitivity to dogs, right? Because of Lechvat's Kalavashanai. But Vahai, the Nachri, love Romele. Go get a job. Go figure out your own food. What are you bothering me? So Kamashmila, no, still, you still have an obligation to uh, to give the Nachri food, even on Shabbos. Don't give it to him in, uh, in a way of caring, but put it out in your chatzar. If he decides to, to carry on Shabbos, that is not your problem. Toysus, on the top on the top over here, your testament Aleph, he discusses uh, some of the halachas regarding Yontif and uh, making food for, for Nachri and Yontif. There's a Shiloh that we were discussing a couple weeks ago, which is no longer relevant. There's a, there's a, there's a fascinating question. When, you, um, when people go away to these uh, high-end uh, Pesach hotels, so very often they bring their, their, I would call babysitters, nannies with them for Pesach. So they also get put up in a nice hotel with fancy meals. The question is, can a, can a Jew cook for a non-Jew on Yantif? So we know that you really can't. Not only that, there's a Xeri not even allowed to invite a non-Jew for a Yantif meal. If someone has a personal Shiloh, you could ask a Rav. But typically, you can't. That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the Gemara and Beitzah. So most food on Yantif is not really being cooked on Yantif. Usually, it's cooked before Yantif. There's even food that's cooked a month in advance. I can tell you about it off-air. But food is cooked before Yantif. However, let's say they have an egg omelet station. Yantif morning, or whatever. And a... Uh, or a waffle station for dessert, waffles. So the question is, can a, a Jew cook for a non-Jew on Yantif by, by these programs? And the, the nannies get to eat as well. You know, what about the, the staff in the hotel? We were, we were literally discussing this a couple weeks ago in uh, staff meetings and, uh, and kosher's discussions, but it's no longer relevant. But you look at Toysfus, he discusses over here, you probably have a hetter at the end of this Toysfus, he says, why in fact uh, do we say that we should be makel on Tircha Shabbos for a Nachri. We, we don't have to feed him. So he says, Mishum Dake Shalom. It's not, it's not nice to not give a, a Nachri that's Ani. And Mishum Dake Shalom is considered a little bit Mizanois of Alecha. And therefore, for Isurim Durabanan of Tircha, it'll be Mutter. So the way the hotels do it at the end is that they usually have a Nachri, anyways, cooking the eggs. So the Nachri can cook for the other Nachri. That's your typical hetter. Okay, let's keep going. You cannot uh, lease out, rent out your kalim to a nachri on Arab Shabbos. But if it's a Wednesday or Thursday, you could. In a similar way, you cannot send a, uh, a letter. Today, this would be uh, you know your Amazon packages. You cannot send a letter with a guy by Arab Shabbos because it looks like. You're sending him to do something for you on Shabbos. But on Wednesday or Thursday, you could send uh, you know, your mail uh, with a nachri. They never sent a letter 
uh, with a nachri ever. So to, if they live in today's world, they would not shop online unless they had Prime and they would, uh, I don't know, within a couple of days, but they were concerned that a nachri would be carrying it over Shabbos. It would look like Amir and Nachri, they asked the guy to do malachim for them on Shabbos, and therefore they never sent letters with the guy. So we might get a little bit into the uh, halachas of Amazon Prime and overnight shipping. We'll see. We'll see how, how much time we have. Let's keep going. You cannot send a letter with a Nachri in Arab Shabbos unless you were Koitzitz Loidamim, you made a fixed a price with him. So this halacha actually is relevant when it comes to just, just the point here. There's a lot to discuss. This is spend days and days and weeks and weeks learning these, these sugyas. But just in a, a synopsis, let's say a person has an office, and let's say the office is closed on Shabbos. But the staff, they're, they're able to take work home with them. Let's say some of them have a you know, certain amount of hours they have to do uh, per week, but they could do whatever they want. So that's very simple. Halacha l'maysa, they're allowed to do the work in their own home. In the office might be problematic of marasayin if your office is open on Shabbos. But let's assume they're working uh, from their own home like everyone else is doing today anyways. So there will be no problem. However, let's say you pay them by the specific hour. So that's much more complicated halacha because it seems like they're doing a malacha for you on Shabbos as opposed to if I give them a salary so whenever they want, they could do their hours. Again, there are a terim even in that case. But just to point out, it's much easier to to deal with the isr of of uh, Amir Lanachri on Shabbos when your koitzitz loidam. If he has a fixed price, he's getting paid no matter when he gets this done. He has a few days to do it. And he's getting paid. So then when he decides to go on Shabbos, it's a daite dinavshi. He's doing it on his own in a very clear way. And it's totally mutter. Beishami oimrim with this din. Beishami says, even if, we're going to see, even if it seems like, even if you set money for him, still kedeshi agila beisai. The only way you're allowed to send a letter is if the nachri will, uh, will get home or get to the house the des- the destination the address prior to Shabbos. All you need to do is get to the house that's near the wall, the chaim of the ear. Just get to the to the start of the city. That's all you need to do before Shabbos. So the Gemara says, hold on a second. Well, I like cutouts. You just told me that if I if I set a price, it's mutter. So I'm Rav This is what we we meant to say when. Your katsats, it seems like everything's mutter. Vim loy katsats, but if you did not set a price, beshamai oimrim at shegila base. If I didn't set a price with him and I'm sending a letter on Friday, I'm only able to send it if I know he's going to reach his house, the 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 uh, intended destination before Shabbos. All you need to do is reach a house that's samach that's near the wall of the city. Iva Amrit Raisha. In Meshachin, you cannot send a letter with a guy unless you are katzatz leidam. It sounds like you can never send, even if he's going to reach the house prior to Shabbos. Like Marzal Lekasha, how to the kviya be davar b'masa, v'how to like kviya be davar b'masa. So it depends. If they had this be davar, which either means the mayor of the town who was uh, who all the mail would go to him first, and he was kviya, he everybody knew where he lived. He had a he had a home and. You can reach there before Shabbos, so you know he's going to be there. So then we say you're allowed to send a letter uh, if you were katzatz. Vaha, 
And when the Reisha said, in the beginning of the Bible, we said, it's Asr to be Shlach Egeris Biyah Nachri, unless you were Katsat, that's the Loikavia Beidavar Bamasa, where you do not have the, uh, the mayor in town, he's not Kavia, or it means there's no postman, there's no specific person. Uh, that's going to be there at the destination. So what's going to ha- going to happen is you're going to send your letter with this mailman or with this guy. He's going to go get to town. He's not going to know who to who who to deliver it to. He's going to be looking around, spending time in the city. It's already going to be going to be past Shabbos. So therefore, you don't have this hetter of sending it uh, before Shabbos. However, if you had this beidavar, if you have the beidavar, so he gets to town, he could quickly locate the mayor's office or the, the post office, and once he does that, it will get into the intended, in the intended target at some point, and he won't be doing malacha on Shabbos for you. Okay. <clears throat> just by the way, when it's brought down on Shulchan Aruch, so just a, a point to, to discuss. This Gemara is not mentioning at all when I told the guy to bring it on Shabbos. I never said that. This case was where I just, I just go to the post office, and I just... I just put in a, a, a put in a uh, a letter in the mail. That's it. I, I don't say a specific time to bring it. So today, Bismanaza, you have this hatter that there's a set price whenever they bring it. You know, standard delivery, no problem. The Shiloh comes up. It's when I tell him bring it tomorrow. When I go on Amazon Prime and I and I click, yes, I need 24-hour delivery, and it's Friday morning, and it's going to come on Shabbos. So there, I'm not only am I. Maris Ayin and all these other things, I'm actually asking the Nachri to do a Malachar for Manjavis. So there are various Atarim, uh, we could talk about it at a different time. Uh, there's a great book called Commerce and Shabbos, written by Rabbi Kushner, I think he's Rashama Miller's son in law. So it's a great book. He goes through this at length, uh, you know, your Amazon Prime deliveries, various sugyas and Shabbos that we'll get to. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll touch upon it later on. Okay, here we go. A very famous. Uh, you cannot go out. Mafleg means to separate. You cannot go, you know, go out to sea. Basfina on a boat. Less than three days before Shabbos. So meaning, if you're booking your uh, your cruise, I don't know if anybody wants to go on a cruise today, but if you if you're booking your cruise vacation and the uh, when you if it's setting out on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, you cannot go in it. That's the that's the Gemara. So you're going for vacation. Avol dvar mitzvah for dvar mitzvah shaper dummy. It will be mutter. Now, what's the reason why you cannot do this? So Machlekes in in, uh, in the Rishonim, the Balamar says that you are putting yourself into a sakana by going on a sfina. And when you put yourself into sakana, you're going to be asking. Uh, you're probably going to have to ask an, uh, a a to do a malacha for you on Shabbos, and even though. On Shabbos itself, when you're in Sakana, you could do it, but you should not put yourself in a situation where you're going to be in Oynes and you're going to have to be you're going to have to violate Halacha or Shabbos. That's one reason. What's brought down the Halacha is that the first three days of of uh, of traveling, the person gets seasick and you're going to be mavatli, going to ruin your Oynes Shabbos, and therefore you cannot go. Uh, within three days of Shabbos. There was a discussion in the contemporary Paiskim, if the modern-day cruise ships, do you still have uh, seasickness the first three days? Yesh v'yesh. So uh, I've asked around, and I've got different answers. So I typically tell people to be machmer, but you could ask someone else, the are Paiskim that are mekel, but it's, it's a good shiloh, if a person could, could go out to sea, uh, even on a, on, a, on, a, uh, on a leisure cruise ship, 
within three days of Shabbos. The challenge is, what someone told me is that most cruises leave on Shabbos, so leave Matzah Shabbos. So for a firm yet, it's very hard to get to a, get on a cruise. So I don't know. Okay, you'll figure it out. So, uh, so let's go back. If it's for a Dvar Mitzvah, it's Mutter. The Paiskim discussed going, making Aliyah, going to Eretz specifically to live there. Some of the Paiskim say even just to walk down Amos in Eretz that's called a Mitzvah. You'll have to go out on a, uh, on a boat trip within three days of Shabbos. Now, this Tana holds, uh, this is Rabbi Upoisiki, that you have to tell the captain. That, by the way, we're going to stop on Shabbos, and I'm not going to ask you to do malacha for me on Shabbos. You have to say that. You have to put that in the condition. However, the ain't no shayves, but even if he doesn't do it, at the end, it's not a problem. You at least have to announce that I'm not intending on you violating Shabbos for me. Divrei Rebbe, Rabban Shimmer, Gamliel you do not have to go on and start making these announcements. As long as you're going with Dvar Mitzvah, you're allowed to embark on a trip, even if it's a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, no problem. Women Tsar if you're going from Tsar to Tzidon, Afilu Be'erev Shabbos Mutter, just right up the Mediterranean Sea. It's a short trip, you're taking the ferry or something. So Afilu Be'erev Shabbos, even on Friday afternoon, it'll be Mutter. There's a Gemara Mpsachim that discusses traveling Erev Shabbos. So we'll get to that in a, in a few months. in Ritz Hashem discussing how far can a person travel? Can he drive from Minneapolis to Chicago on a Friday morning? Is that recommended? There's a whole discussion in the Paiskim. Next. You cannot go out uh, battle on the cities of Nachrim within three days of Shabbos. The Balamar, the the some uh, say the same reason because you're going to get people. People will not have an Oynik Shabbos. The first three days of war, the soldiers are nervous. After three days, they calm down. So you won't have any Shabbos. Or like the other Rishonim, you're going to put yourself in a situation where you're going to have to be Mechal Shabbos. So don't do that within three days of Shabbos because three days of Shabbos is already, we're, we're already looking at the Shabbos. We have some of the halachas of that Shabbos. So therefore, do not start warving. Mishilu, once you started, in Mavsikin, you do not stop. Chen Haya, Shammai, Oymer, Shammai used to say, Adridita, the Pasuk says, Adridita, until you conquer them, Afilu B'Shabbos, even on Shabbos. The Gemara clearly is not discussing uh, uh Muhammad, that you're defending yourself from Sakanas Nefasha, so you don't need Psukim, that's, that's obvious. It's even talking about where there's no longer a Sakana, but you're just conquering the cities, that's Murta. If you look at many of the literature written for the IDF, uh, halachic Shilos, they, they invoke this Gemara of Adridita, many battles that take place on Shabbos, so aren't necessarily Sakana, even though everything is Sakana, but they do bring in this Gemara of that there's a concept of conquering even on Shabbos. Rabbi Shem said that we were Noyeg, my base Abba, that we would give our uh, white suits to the cleaners three days before Shabbos, meaning that they should finish cleaning before Shabbos. That's what we did. Tanya. They used to give their white begadim three days before Shabbos. Vitzavuin, their colored garments, afilu be'erev Shabbos. So even Arab Shabbos, they were given their colored garments. Obviously, it didn't take too long to clean. That it's much more difficult to clean your white uh, wedding gown as opposed to a black suit. So they would only need a few hours to clean it, and that's why they, they were bringing it on Friday, but the white 
gown that would need three days to clean. So Abaya Havayavli Havumana Ditzviya, he went to the cleaners one day and he brings in his uh, his black suit. He, he must have worn a black suit, he didn't wear a blue suit. But Lakatsura uh, to get it clean. Amale, Kama Balasi Lave. How much does this cost? Kama Zelelel. How much are you going to charge me? So Amale, so the, uh, the guy in the, in the dry cleaner said, Eh, Kidi Chivara, we have the same price. White clothing, dark clothing, same price. We're not racist. I already know that you're full of baloney because if Chazal tell us that it took three days to clean the white clothing and it only takes a few hours to clean the dark clothing, how, how, are, you, how are you charging me the same price? So Abayah said, oh, don't, don't, you, can't, uh, you can't get the best of me. I know that you are playing games and uh, based on this Gemara. So Abai already has all these uh, tips when you go to your dry cleaners. I'm sure some of it is Nagea today. Someone who gives a beget to a, to the dry cleaning. You should measure your shirt prior to giving it to him. When you get it back, measure it again. See if it's the same size. If it's longer, that they, they, they uh, ruined it by they stretched it out too much. It's too long on you. The Batsir, if it's if it's shorter, they shrunk it. Afside, the kivatse rashes with hot water, they shrunk it. And so you should just know that the uh, the cleaners are not uh, are not uh, what do you call it? Are not being honest with you. Okay, so hopefully everyone's uh, does business honestly. Next, Vishavan Elu Veilusha Tayanin. So back to our Mishnah. The Mishnah said that although Shammai, as we as we now know from the Gemara holds, is a problem of Shvisas Kalim on Shabbos, that your kalim cannot do malacha for you on Shabbos, they agreed that you're allowed to take a, a boulder or the uh, beams of, of the uh, olive press, the, the grape press, and you can put it on the grapes and on the olives before Shabbos and let it squeeze over the course of Shabbos. So Gemara says, Mike Shnakulo, how come all these things the Gazir with Shama Shama said is Usr? Gazir doesn't really make sense here. Well, it's not Xera. He holds his Shri Saskalem. But how come all these things Beishami holds are Usr? Well, Mike Shnakari space abad, the Gulegas, Delay Gazru, where Beishami says it's not Usr, with his wine press, the olive press. So the Gemara says, Hanach, the Avaluhu Bishabis, Machayev Khatas. Those cases, if you would put you know, the, the dye and make dye, or if you would do other things, putting the wool with the with the dye on Shabbos, all those things, if you did it on Shabbos, there would be a chiv chatos, it's an isodoraisa. So therefore, gazer bebe shamay. Therefore, if you hold like shvisas kalim, so you kalim cannot do that malacha, it's isodoraisa. So gazer bebe shamay erev Shabbos im chashecha, but kari is based on bad, vigulia agast, le avaluhu b'shabbos, sorry, the e avaluhu b'shabbos, loy mechayev chatos, but these squeezings, if you do it on Shabbos, you will not be chayav achatas. We're going to explain why. So, like Gazru, in this case, there is no gzera, meaning there is no iser uh, of shvisas kalim, because these kalim itself, they were not being is these actions would not be usher midaraisa on Shabbos. So, what exactly is this? So, basically, you have grapes that already once you already started the squeezing process, it's already you know kvetched. So. Squeezing it a little more on Shabbos is not going to be an Isidoraisa. So man tana, who's the tana that holds the whole midi the asim and melo shabbat? I mean, anything that's going to ooze out by itself. Once you started, once you broke open that grape, the olive, at some point everything's going to leak out. So since it's going to, going to leak out in the melo, so shabbat dami the midaraisa, you're able to to squeeze it on Shabbos. I'm Ravi Yosi, Rabbi Chanina, Rabbi Shmoli. This is Shitas Rabbi Shmoli. The time went to the Mishnah ha shum garlic vahaboiser. And you have this unripe grape, Bahamalilos, these unripe uh, wheat, Shariskam and Bardium. You're making your uh, you're making your garlic dip. So you risk on 
uh, risuk means to to crush. We have a concept of risuk shelag of crushing snow on Shabbos. So risuk means to crush. So if you crushed it while it was you know on Friday before Shabbos, Rabbi Shmuel Armer Yigmar Misha Techshach. You're allowed to allow it. You cannot do it yourself. Be nisad rabbanon, but you you can allow it to finish Misha Techshach when it gets dark. Which seems to fit with what we just said. Once it's already begun the squeezing process, it could continue on its own. Rabbi Kiva Aimer, Rabbi Kiva says, Lo Yigmar, it cannot finish. So, who is the Tana that holds that there will not be a problem of Schita on Shabbos when it's already, when the process already has already started? That is Shitas Rab, Rabbi Shmal. Fine. Rabbi Lazar, now this is the Amoira Rabbi Lazar ben Pedas. Omar, he says, Our Mishnah is Rabbi Lazar. Which is Rabbi Lozer ben Shamua, who was a Tana. He was one of the Asara Rugi Machus, Rabbi Lozer ben Shamua. So he said that our Mishnah is Rabbi Lozer ben Shamua. He, Rabbi Lozer, he is Rabbi Lozer. The time we learned in the Mishnah uh, later on in uh, in the Sefer Shabbos, Chalois Devash. You have these honeycombs. Shariskon be'erev Shabbos. You crushed it on erev Shabbos. Viyatzumi Atzman and already, so it was already crushed erev Shabbos. And on Shabbos itself, some honey came out. Aser, Tanakama holds you cannot enjoy that honey on Shabbos. There's a gzera, that if you're able to enjoy the honey, you're going to end up squeezing more. Rabbi Lazar Matir, Rabbi Lazar says, it's fine, because even if you would squeeze it on Shabbos, it would only be Nisad Rabbanon, since the process has already begun. So according to Rabbi Lazar ben Pedas, this, our Mishnah, is the same sheet of Rabbi Lazar ben Shamua, who holds with the honeycombs that once it was uh, crushed before Shabbos, any subsequent honey that comes out on Shabbos is, uh, is mutter to be consumed. Rav Yosi Bar Hanina. So now the Gemara is going to ask like this. We, we asked the following question. Who was the author of our Mishnah? So first we said it was Rav Yosi. Rav Yosi Bar Hanina said it was Rav Yishmal, who holds that you're, once you already started making your garlic dip uh, on, Shab- uh, on Friday, you're allowed, you're allowed to allow it to finish on its own. On Shabbos, and comes Rabbi Lazar, he sends Rabbi Lazar ben Shemua. So the Gemara is going to ask the obvious question: Why do we need two different uh, Tanoam? Why, why, why was Rabbi Yosi Baruch not, ha- not happy with Rabbi Lazar ben Shemua? And we're going to ask the opposite: How can Rabbi Lazar ben Pedas was not happy with what Rabbi Yosi Baruch said in the name of Rabbi Shemua? So Rabbi Yosi Baruch who said our mission was like Rabbi Shemua, my time in Omar ki Rabbi Lazar. Why did he not say like Rabbi Lazar ben Pedas and say that our mission was like Rabbi Lazar ben Shemua, who said that the honeycombs? That were crushed before Shabbos, you're allowed to uh, enjoy the honey that comes out on Shabbos. So Amalach, so Rabbi Yosi Barachanin is going to tell you it's different. Hasam, when it comes to the uh, honeycomb, who who make kara eichel When the honey is inside the comb, that is also called a food. We consider honey a food, which is a chiddush. But here we're saying honey is considered a food, and then when it left. It retains the same honey. It's the same honey that was in the honeycomb. It just came out of the honeycomb. You started with food, and you ended up with food. So we know in Hilcha Shabbos, the ultimate malacha, the way to do malacha, is to actually take something from A and make it into B. But this was already honey. So don't tell me that it's such a big chiddush. It's not a big chiddush. So maybe Rabbi Lezer ben Shmuel only said his din when you had honey, honey in the honeycombs, and it comes out. But hacha, when you have olives and grapes, the beginning was food. As we know from Ketzim Mavarchin and Hilchas Brachos, it started off as food, and now it's a liquid. It went from being an olive to, to olive oil, or from being a grape to, to grape juice, to wine. So maybe, who's, who says he would agree to our Mishnah of Beishamai? For Rabbi Lazar, Amalach, and Rabbi Lazar, and Pedas will tell you, Hashamin and Rabbi Lazar, we know 
The Rabbi Lazar ben Shemua holds that even grapes and olives have the same din. They also hold that zeisim v'anovim is mutter, that once you started the process, before Shabbos you were merasik it, you, uh, you, you chopped it, so then you're allowed to allow it to get crushed further. When Rabbi Shai came from Narda, he came and he brought a Mishnah with him, he brought a Brisa with him, and the Brisa said like this, You had olives and grapes that were crushed Arab Shabbos, and the liquid started coming out, and it came out on its own on Shabbos, Asurin. This Brisa said it's Asur, because we're afraid you're going to now go squeeze it. However, who's who we're looking for? Rabbi Lazar, which is Rabbi Lazar ben Shemua, for Rabbi Shimon, which is probably Rabbi Shimon Ma'ichai, Matirin, the Mata, the Mashka that came out, so, Rabbi Lazar ben Padas is saying, don't tell me that there's a difference between honeycombs and grapes. There's no difference. Viharaya, Rabbi Lazar ben Shemuel himself, he said the same halacha, the same thing when it comes to Zaysen Ba'anavim. Fine. So he answered the question of, we thought a reason why Rabbi Yosef Rechanina did not learn like Rabbi Lazar ben Padas, because he, he thought there would be a difference between the honeycomb and the grape. So, we're saying there is no difference. So, ha, so the Gemara asks Rabbi Yosef Baruchanino. So why did he not learn that our Mishnah is like Rabbi Lazar and Shemua? So he said Brisa Lishmiele. He never heard of that Brisa that said that Rabbi Lazar and Shemua said the same halacha by Zeisman of him, and he thought maybe that din was only said by honeycombs. Good. Now the Gemara is going to ask the other way. So Rabbi Lazar ben Pedas, who said our Mishnah is like Rabbi Lazar ben Shemua, so my time alama kur Rabbi Yosef Baruchanino. Why did he not say that our Mishnah is like Rabbi Yosef Baruchanino, who said this is the uh, the last piece on Yetesim and Aleph, that the halacha, that we, the Brisa, the Mishnah is like Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel said that once you already started crushing your garlic to make your garlic dip, so you could leave it and let it get, you know, continue the, the process on Shabbos. So why did Rabbi Lazar not say, like Rabbi Yosef Barchanino, in the name of Rabbi, Shmuel, of Rabbi Shmuel? So Amalach, Rabbi Lazar, remember that says, Love it, my love. Didn't we learn about Shitas, Rabbi Shmuel? Amar Rabbi Barchanino, Amar Rabbi Yechanan. Rabbi Hanina said, When something is missing, so everyone uh, agrees. So what's going on here? There's three, Rashi explains this, there's three steps to the schita uh, on Shabbos. When you squeeze something, there's three steps. There's the risuk, risuk means to chop. Then there's dicha, dicha, I'm sure the uh, article has a better term, but it means to press it, to do the next, uh, the next step. And the third step is the uh, the shrika, which is making you know making it into the juice. So there's a three-step process. So according to uh, Rava Barchanina Amra Yechanan, that this discussion of the garlic dip and your uh, your your grape and melilois of that Rabbi Shmuel discussed, the kuli amale pligi, nobody was was arguing when it came to mechusar and dichaf. All it had. Was risuk, and if all it had was that it was chopped up, but it was never pressed, the kuli everybody holds that it would be usser. That everything was done on Shabbos, that would not be considered a malach, that would not be considered that the process started. Risuk, chopping it up, is not enough to say that, oh, it already started the schita uh, process. But ki pligi, when did they argue? When it had the first thing of risuk, then it had. Dicha. Uh, However, all it's lacking is shrika. It's lacking the the final step of the squeezing. So again, 
Lamentas Melachas, we care about the final product. We care about going from point A to point B. Okay? So, Vahaninami Kimuchusarin Dichadamu. When it comes to Zaysim and Anavim, these items are missing Dicha. All you did was you did the original crush of the uh, grape and olive, and it's missing the second step of Dicha. So even Rabbi Shmuel would hold that you didn't even start the Malacha prior to Shabbos, and Rabbi Shmuel would not agree to our Mishnah that Bishamai would say you could already you could do that on Friday and, and allow it to be done on Shabbos. So just, I just want to repeat that to make it clear. We're trying to figure out. Bishamai agreed to Basilal that when you put the olives or grapes into a press before Shabbos, so even though Typically, there's an iser of shvisas kalim. That means your kalim, your equipment, cannot do malacha for you on Shabbos. However, Beishamai said that this is not called a malacha. Once you already started the process of olives or grapes being being squeezed, so what happens on Shabbos is not a malacha on, on behalf of your kalim, and therefore it's mutter. So we don't really care about the kalim as much because we pass night Beishilal that shvisas kalim is mutter. However, we do care about mashkim shezavu. There's a concept of, of liquid that came out on Shabbos, from what we call, you know, from being squeezed. So typically there's an Isidra Banan, that you should not consume that. Perhaps you're going to squeeze it further. However, as we see it from these from these, these Brises, these Mishnayas, that if squeezing it itself would not be an Isidra Raisa, there would be no problem with the Rabbanan to consume it. So according to, according to uh, Rabbi Lazar ben Shemua, once it's already started, there's, there's no Isidra Raisa anymore, and that would be the way to learn the Mishnah. According to Rabbi Yosef Barchina, as long as you did a resook, as long as you did the original crush, then that would be considered the malacha had started. So the Gemara asked, how come Rabbi Lazar does not learn like Rabbi Yisibar Hanina? So Rabbi Lazar says, because he have a b'risa. The b'risa told us that when Rabbi Shmuel says, it's as if you started the malacha, that's only when you had the first two out of three of the schita processes, the three parts to it, there is Dicha, I'm sorry, there is a Risuk, Dicha, and Shrika. So according to Rabbi Shmuel, only when he did Dicha and Shrika, then we say it's already on its way, and there's no Isser Daraisa to, to continue that process on Shabbos. However, if it's missing step B, then it's not called it already begun, and therefore Rabbi Shmuel cannot be the Tana of our Mishnah. So it comes along Rabbi Yossi Barachanina, he doesn't care about this. Limud Har Rabbi Yossi Barachanina, Ki Rabbi Shmuel, the way he learned it, that as long as they had Risak, as long as it was crushed, there would be no longer an Isra Daraisa on Shabbos. Okay, so that's the two ways of learning our Mishnah. Are we good? I'll keep on going. <clears throat> okay, Shemin Shal Badadin, let's see the oil of the press. So we're, we're talking about the uh, olive press. So part of the wages that they would give the workers after after a week of work or a full day of work, they would give them the leftover oil that didn't you know get to the packaging. So it's called a shemen shabadadin. It was it was their it was their oil, and it was it was it was. Uh, Rashi explains that it got crushed and you had oil, but it was stuck around in the corners of the of the weights that were being put on the olives. So it didn't you know reach the the packaging. So they gave it to the workers. So you have, now we're, we're discussing the halachas of muksa here. So I have shemen shel badadin, shel badadin, or I have these uh, mats of the badadin, that they would, uh, they would use it to cover the olives. So rav aser shmuel shari. So we're going to get into the discussion of hilchas muksa. So 
There's a general machlekes, and we're going to to see this briefly here. We'll uh, discuss this at length later in, in the Masechta, and once again, in even more detail in Masechta's Beitza. There's a machlekes, Rabbi Shmuel. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, there's a machlekes of Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda regarding muksa. So we all know from from learning that that there are certain things in life that are muksa on Shabbos. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, most things are muksa unless there's a automatic need for this on Shabbos or it's designated to be used on Shabbos, it's automatically muksa. According to Rabbi Shimon, the opposite. There are certain things that the Torah tells you are muksa, meaning the uh, Chazal know that you cannot use it on Shabbos, it's usher to use, klishim lachta le'isr, and all the categories of muksa, but min hastam, something is not muksa. And that's the machlekes here. So you have this oil. Technically, the oil could be consumed. However, it's really set aside as wages, so it's like schaira. There's a concept of kli schaira that would be a muksa on Shabbos. Even though it's oil, we would pass in that, that it would typically not be muksa. But according to Rav, Rav Asar Ushmuel Shari. So it's the same achlek as the Gemara is going to say. Rav holds this oil is muksa because it's set aside for wages or the mats are set aside to cover the zaysim. And this is being done in the uh, factory, so nobody goes to the factory on Shabbos. So it's muksa. Rav Asar Shmuel Shari. Hani Krochid Zuze. You have these mats that uh, there were a pier of mats that they used to uh, cover the boats. So you have your uh, your cover of your boat, or your probably your grill cover. Rav Asar Shmuel Shari. Rav says it's muksa. Shmuel says no. You can use it for other things. Shmuel Shari. Amr Rav Nachman. Eiz Lachalava. You have a goat that it is set aside for milk. Meaning you use you you uh, use it to have goat milk. The Rachel and a keves that's legizasa. You have a sheep that's set aside for wool. Meaning not you don't have the sheep to to make lamb chops. You're not you're not intending on using it for the food. It's there because you have you have a wool business. Vatana garlas lebeitzas. You have a chicken for its eggs. The tari deridia, and you have your shar, your oxen. Tari is a shar deridia for plowing. The tamre de iska, and you have you have. Uh, Dates that you're not planning on eating right now, you, you're you are doing business with them. So the question is really the gabe yantif for most of these halachas are they muksa? So the truth is you get shechta yantif. However, since these uh, the the designated use of all these things would be muk would be usher yantif. You can't milk a cow yantif. You can't shear wool yantif. You can't uh, even a beit sasa would probably the a chicken the chicken would be muksa itself. So Rav, also Rav holds all these things are muksa because they were not set aside for Yantav. Shmuel says, no, mutter. Shmuel holds it's mutter. The kamifli, the plukta, the Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon, and this is the, the machlekes between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. According to Rabbi Yehuda, everything is muksa unless you have a specific use for it on, on Shabbos or Yantav. According to Rabbi Shimon, as long as there's a, uh, a, 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 a reasonable use, so even though my A's, my sheep is for milk, I, if I want that, if I'm hungry, I'll have lamb chops. So therefore, it would not be muksa. Next, the Hutamida, there was a certain Talmud, the Eire Harasa, the Argiz, Kireb Shimon. He was uh, was from, he paskined in the town called Harasa, the Argiz, like Rab Shimon. He was Mekel, like Rab Shimon, by Muksa. And Shamte Rav Hamnuna, Rav Hamnuna put him in Cherem for paskining like Rab Shimon. Freight the Gemara of Rab Shimon's Sphere. We passed the Rab Shimon. What was wrong with that? He passed like Rab Shimon. So the Gemara says, well, but Asri the Rav have. He was in the town of Rav, and Rav was the murder of Asra, and Rav did not hold like Rab Shimon. So he's passing like Rab Shimon against Rav, but it was Rav's, Rav was the murder of Asra. So Le'i Boy, Le'i Le'mevet Hachi, he should not have done this. I have a similar story. 
uh, a similar concept of two tamidim taking matter into their own hands. Hani tre tamidai. There were two tamidim. Chad matzel bechad mana. So the the case was the story was there was a fire on Shabbos. So there's a sugya later on. Again, most of the, these gemaras are later on in Shabbos. The uh, main sugya of the lake on Shabbos. So there's a fire on Shabbos. So although Depending on the, the Rishuyas, even if you're in Rishus HaYachid, theoretically you should be able to carry everything out. You should be able to remove everything from a house on Shabbos. However, Halacha is, you cannot. It's a Gzera de Rabbanon, that if a person would be allowed to save all of his property on Shabbos, then he would end up distingu- extinguishing the, uh, the flame. He might end up doing that because he's trying to save every last piece of property. So therefore we tell him you cannot take out anything. You can only take out muzzin, either of shalosh shudas, and we're going to see. You only have to take out meals for Shabbos, whatever you need for Shabbos, and that's it. There's a discussion of a Sefer Torah. In that Gemara we learn, you know, the, the original Siddur. That's discussed in that Gemara later on in Shabbos. So there were two Tamidim, and they were in a building that was burning. So Chad Matzel Bechad Mana, one of them saved everything. He took out food in one keli, and it seems like he only took out a muzzin of shalish sudais, of three sudais, and he wouldn't take out more than one keli, because that would be another tircha. So he only took one bag. One of them took five, four or five bags, uh, Caleb, and according to Rashi, he put them into one big bag, and he took them out. And this is a machlekes v'kamiflegi v'plukto de Rav Barzav and Rav Huna. It's machlekes later on. The machlekes Rav Barzav and Rav Huna. How in this machlekes in the Rishonim exactly how to learn this Gemara? What exactly you're allowed to take out? You're allowed to take out the muzzin shalish sudos, or are you allowed to take out even a hundred meals as long as you're only taking one bag? What if you take ten bags and put it in one bag? So that's machlekes Rav Barzav of Rav Huna, and it's a discussion in the Rishonim here and later on. Okay, Yashikaya.